Welcome to the Spooky Tales podcast presented by me, John. And me, Louise. We have been fascinated by spooky goings-on since we can remember and wanted to share with you the stories that pique our interest. Today's story is of hauntings, possession, poltergeist, psychological manipulation and an unexpected twist. It's part one of the spooky tale of strange things in the woods. Welcome to the Spooky Tales podcast. Thank you for all your lovely comments to all the fantastic new followers on Instagram with shout outs to Claire, Antonia, Wendy from Australia, Wendy Stanton Phillips, Mopple Mopple, the lovely Adam and Becky from the ghost hunting team, Ghost Cron, and the ghost hunters at the Ghost Trail and GSI Investigations. I would also like to just say hello to Amy. Today's tale is about strange things in the woods. I found this a difficult tale to begin. There are so many places to start. I really wanted to start with the primal fear that people may have at being in a dark forest on their own, where strange things happening seem to become more probable. What do you mean by strange things? Um, Strange things, uh, sort of lights, shadowy forms, presences, big black dogs, where you might suddenly go missing and reappear if you're lucky. The woods can be seen as dark and dangerous places. There are not one but two phobias for woods and forests. Really? Two? What are they? Hylophobia and nyctohylophobia. Hylophobia? Is that a fear of woods in the day and then the other one must be fear of woods at night? Yes, that's right. So nyctohylophobia It's not just a fear of woods at night, but also a fear of dark wooded areas as well as at night time. I'm really amazed that there are some people that just literally have a fear of woods, Hmm. like, you know, in the daytime. You know, I don't understand why you'd be frightened of woods during the day. I guess I've never felt that. I can understand at night because nighttime, it does change everything so much, doesn't it? Absolutely. During the day? Yeah, well, if it's dark enough, then it's... The same if you can't actually if, if some because some woods and forests, particularly the conifer ones, are so dark, you can't actually see the, the you know the sun or anything. Yeah, I suppose so. So is it a, a, a cultural thing? You know, passed down from years gone by, where there could be literal dangers in the woods, which centuries ago would have been a real concern, like wild animals or people that live in the woods and are mean. Yes, absolutely. So there are those that are mean. Uh, there are things in the woods that uh, you know could eat you. Uh, or, of course, you might get caught. So most woods and forests are privately owned. And back in the day, forests were kept by royalty and the landed gentry for hunting. So you could get lashes if you were caught. Lashes and lashes of ginger beer. Oh, like if only. Bison. Yeah, no, if only. It, well, it, you know, it would be quite nice, that, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> oh, what are you doing in the woods? Yes. Here you are, here's a ginger beer. And no, get that down. <laughs> Unless you don't like ginger beer, of course. You go, oh, God, no. Well, when I was younger, I didn't like ginger beer, and I was always worried that I'd get invited 
to go on a romp like they do in in, in, in the Brighton, and they gave me ginger beer, and I'd have to say I don't like ginger beer. <laughs> you couldn't be part of the gang, then. no? Then, no, and anchovy sandwiches, <laughs> anchovy paste. I don't like that either. And I used to have actual worries about that. Yeah, no, I could imagine that. Yeah, anchovy paste does sound awful, and I yes. like anchovies. Salty. Anyway, lashes. Mm. What do you mean by lashes? Yeah, so uh, you know, you get a whipped. whip. Oh, yeah, whipped okay. rather than lashes of ginger beer. Ginger beer. Yeah. Yeah, so the Brothers Grimm, they helped to cement this fear by their scary folk tales in the 19th century. Do you know, I didn't realise for years that they were the collectors of these tales and not the authors. Oh, yes, no, I did know that. Yeah, and I didn't, so I felt quite embarrassed by that, but never mind. I don't know if anybody else had that problem, whether it was just me. Just thought, you know, they were the authors. I thought, oh, they've got a good imagination. A bit dark, but they've got a good imagination. No, they are the collectors of the stories. They went around in the sort of mid-18th century collecting them. Mm, yes, no, I did know that. Was it mid-19th No, mid-19th century, big pardon. It was 18-something or other. And is that the same with Hans Christian Andersen? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Is he a neighbour of ours? <laughs> no, Hans, just round the road. <laughs> no, um, he did other tales, didn't he? Oh, yes. He did, and I think he's a collector as well. I think they are people that collect them. Rather than the authors themselves. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, when they originally published their tales, they were much more grisly than the Disney-fied versions we know today. What do you mean? They're quite grisly today. Hans and Gretel, that wimp of a woodcutter father. Sorry, Hans and Gretel? Hans and Gretel. Oh, Hansel. Hansel Hansel and Gretel. Hans (laughs) that do dishes. I'm back at Hans, aren't I? Hansel and Gretel, that wimp of a woodcutter father, basically sending his children into the forest to die so that he they don't have to feed them, instructed to do so by the wicked stepmother. Oh, I really, I mean, it makes me angry, that one. Yes, it really does me as well. It's one of those things when you and I were in a pantomime of Hansel and Gretel. And really, it makes you quite angry, doesn't it? It does. It's unbelievable that they could get away with it. You know, they didn't get some sort of, you know, you know, there's some sort of social services or something. It was just badness. Yeah. It really was. Anyway, so yes, in the original stories published in 1812 and 1815, they were meant for adults. It was all sex and violence. Cinderella's older sister cut off their toes and heels to try to fit into the slipper. Rapunzel became pregnant after a fling with the prince. Oh my. And Snow White murdered the dwarfs with a seven foot scythe. Snow White? Really? No, I made the last one up. I was going to ask you to think that. <laughs> but the other two are true. God, that would be a dark Snow White, wouldn't that? <laughs> it really would. <laughs> Someone should make that version. <laughs> yeah, I reckon if you look hard enough on YouTube. <laughs> it was only later, as the collection grew from 156 stories to cover over 200, that they toned them down to make them more suitable for children. They are, of course, enduring, as we know so many of the stories today. Most are Disney films, but they were used for propaganda purposes by the Nazis. So what sort of things have been reported to warrant this reputation of dark woods and forests? Well, while we're talking about the Brothers Grimm, why are they called the Brothers Grimm? And why not the Grimm Brothers? Surely that's the way to do it. Because that sounds like two surly lads. (laughs) For <laughs> a bit grim. A petty crime or something. Yeah. Whereas the Brothers Grimm, it makes clear that it's their surname. Otherwise, they're just, you know. Okay. Well, they're just sort of... Unpleasant, sort of, some sort the unpleasant of, lads. Yeah. Yeah, okay, they hang enough. around. All right. Okay. Well, I know now. Yeah. That, that's good. Well, that's what, that's what that would be my suggestion. Yeah. Uh, well, I quite like it. That makes more sense to me now. Anyway, let's... <laughs> you're now going to think of them as the surly lads. The, that's right. <laughs> 
Grimm Brothers who, you know, you crossed the street if you saw them. Yes, those. Yes. Yes. They might start sort of pushing you about and calling your names and things. Oh, lordy. What's your childhood? I was going to say. Well, we need to talk about that. Sounds like it's still there for you, love. Anyway, let's head to the Black Forest or the Schwarzwald in southern Germany. So called because it is so dense that even in daylight, it is very dark. Hardly any sunlight breaks through, as what we were saying earlier. Yes. In forests. So it's not helped by the fact that the tree bark is also black. So no wonder then that such tales and legends are surround this ominous region, covering 160 kilometres by 50 kilometres, or 100 miles by 30 miles. So you could get lost quite easily, and it would take a while to get from one end to the other, at least a day. So what's been seen in the dark, forbidding black? Ah, yes. Well, a headless horseman riding on a great white steed. A king who kidnaps women to take them to his underwater lair, where he lives among the nymphs. And of course, werewolves. Well, that doesn't sound a lot, really. Only one headless horseman, a randy king and a big dog. Yeah, put it like that, I suppose not. There is... Can I just say, why would the king kidnap people, ladies, to take them to his underwater lair if he's already got nymphs? Uh, and also, it's in a forest. Um, he must have dug a big pond or something. We do get those, don't you? you get those kind of sort of lakes stagnant pools. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound that that inviting now. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I didn't sound that, that inviting to begin with, to be honest. That's true. I think we're just to increase the population of nymphs, I suppose. Oh, yes. Yeah. I say. Turn them into nymphs? I don't know. Oh. But there is enough, though, that there is a carnival held in the region. Everyone dresses as witches and ghouls, devils and so on. Like a proper Halloween. There is another Black Forest. Oh yes? Is this one any better for spooky goings on? It is. It's the Black Forest, Colorado in the US of A. To paraphrase the OCN website where I saw the story, what's more spooky than a portal to the underworld? I don't know what. A portal to the underworld that's in a dark and creepy forest. Good point well made. A man called Steve Lee moved his family into the Dream House in the middle of a dense forest in the Black Forest in Colorado in 1990. At first, all was fine. Just some small odd things that you could easily put down to being in a new house in a new environment. Strange noises, Lights going on and off, that sort of thing. Although lights going on and off, I'm not, I, I don't. I don't think I put. Well, no, actually, you could do because you they think dim. it's a faulty. Well, yeah. our light dims, doesn't it? It does. It, both our main light and the other light both do that dim thing. They do. That's not quite going on and off, but it is a little unsettling sometimes. It is, but it's that kind of oh, it's just a light thing. So I can understand yeah. that. Yes, we certainly don't think there's anything anything spooky in our house like that. Wow, well, I didn't until just now. <laughs> Did you? Just now? Did you just suddenly realise? It could be, couldn't it? Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. Next time it happens, we'll be going, ooh. (laughs) Right, so you'll blow them off. They'll be like, the ghost will be like, oh no. Uh, I'll have to think of something else, pushing something off off a shelf. No, don't say that off. Oh, if that happens. No, don't do that. (laughs) Then it'll be your fault. Oh, oh, I've got shivering now. I hope you got Oh, I hope I haven't brought something in. Never mind. Mm. However, soon the children started seeing shadowy figures lurking in the forest. We won't get that because we don't have a forest. No, that's true. Mind you, our our hedges are a bit overgrown. (laughs) If we see (laughs) shadowy shadowy things lurking in the the hedges, 
I'm yeah. calling please. <laughs> anyway, so the family started experiencing a choking chemical odour that burned their throats and ears. Ears? So you not mean eyes? No, it does say ears. Yes, I thought that was odd. And not their eyes. It must be a mistake. It must be their eyes, surely, not their ears. I can't believe that their ears would hurt, not their eyes. I can't believe it would be ears first, <laughs> eyes second. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, they're so sensitive, their ears. Because <laughs> it's your eyes, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the mucous membrane that's indeed. getting affected, yes. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, spooked by all this, they installed motion detectors and cameras. Although the motion detectors kept going off, all they would capture on the camera were orbs and such like. Or flies. Is that not moths? (laughs) Are we not thinking moths with the orbs? Yes, I I, I expect so. Um, So this got pretty intense though. And then they started capturing flashes of light and ghostly forms with a face. Ah, now that is a bit more scary. Yes, that's probably not a big fly. Oh, can you imagine a big fly with a face coming up to the... So to quote the family, uh, and one of the members of the family, rather, Beth Lee, she said, One day we came home and it was like the 4th of July in our living room and bedroom. We had all kinds of lights flashing through. Oh dear. And it sounded like people stomping across the roof. We would lay in bed at night and hear chains rattling. Oh dear, no. That was that's not a, good. Yeah, that's not good. One night we woke up and heard orchestra music. Strange things started happening every day. Oh my goodness, chains rattling. I am out of there. They had a couple of mediums and a shaman in to find out what was going on. In fact, it was part of a paranormal show called Sightings, Series 4, Episode 4, if you're interested. Their consensus was that there were many spirits in the house centred around a closet and a hundred-year-old mirror. One of the spirits was someone they knew who had died of a drug overdose and who was actually murdered, said their spirit claimed. Oh, my word. The shaman declared that the house was on a rainbow vortex between two worlds of the living and the dead. Gosh. The spirits either stop by to cause a bit of mischief or carry on to roam the world of the living. Steve Lee himself thought that this may have been the work of government experiments, that the shadows were black-clad armed men, that they were victims of an experiment that used chemical weapons, laser holograms and mind control techniques. Really? I'm not sure what sounds more far-fetched. Government experiments or rainbow vortex between the living and the dead. Yeah, so apparently there was a top secret government facility nearby. Top secret that nobody well. knew about. <laughs> or that it had a signpost. Just down the road. Top secret. Way. <laughs> nobody says that, top secret. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be in brackets though, the sh- Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, quite how they knew it was a top secret government facility because it, it might just have been you know, like a, a house, a bit like the one in um, in England, because there is a sign, isn't there, saying top secret nuclear bunker on the M25. Yes. Uh, which is a little house in Essex. And yes. it does look like just a little normal house. Yes, but it is but actually. underneath. Underneath. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so. How do um, you know about that? Well, because there's a big sign saying top secret. Oh, nuclear. I know. But how do you know that underneath? Well, no, and there's been, it's actually been <laughs> on loads of programmes. Yes. All that secret. Yeah, so obviously not that top secret. But the government experiments bit, it does remind me of another similar case in some woods in Kent in the south of England. A couple, Anthony and Doreen Verney, moved into their dream cottage in the middle of the woods and again, weird things started to happen. A hum and vibrations and strange lights lighting up the nearby woods. This was always worse in the early hours of the morning. This started to drive Mr. Varney bonkers, going out into the woods in the middle of the night trying to find the source of it. 
They assumed it must be coming from a timber yard situated about a mile away from the house. Yet this was closed by 5pm every day and only operated uh, until 1pm on Saturdays and not at all on Sundays. He contacted the council to send someone round from the environment department to investigate, but they were not at all keen. They wouldn't answer calls and when they did, they were very short and offhand, saying they could do nothing to help them. Other things, like walking in the woods, gave them and visitors a feeling of unease. The area was silent, no wildlife seemed to be present. Birds that were there one year did not return the following year. Their drains got blocked by pieces of broken asphalt. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. They began to suspect their phone was being tapped. How? I I suppose you hear that click. Isn't that in the movies? It's you hear a click. As you pick up, you hear a click. Well, yeah, it's in the movies, but that, that's uh, a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? You're saying that's not like real life. <laughs> that's, like, I mean, that's a bit oh. rubbish, though, isn't it? If, if, if you know, from a, it just gives away the fact you're being bugged. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, that's what we see in movies, <laughs> yes. which I'm now shocked to realise might not be like real life. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Verney became suspicious of a nearby bungalow of an odd construction Ooh. with a bunker in inverted commas there, bunker, running down the front and the side of the building. It sounds a pretty ugly bungalow, to be honest. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Mr. Verney claimed that the opaque floor-length net curtains on the ground floor, well, it's a bungalow, it's the ground floor, yes. of the house, were... Ma- <laughs> or I know, only floor. I say that, I'm writing this stuff. <laughs> the only floor. <laughs> it was the ground floor, it was also the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, of the house, um, I wonder. So, so the um, estate agent. Yes, there are. It's a ground floor oh, and the top, top floor. Yeah. <laughs> Many floors. Um, curtains. Yes. So the net curtains on the ground floor. Uh, on they, the floor. <laughs> in the bungalow. <laughs> in the bungalow on the ground floor of, one, of course, the ground the floor, floor one floor bungalow. <laughs> one floor bungalow. <laughs> I suppose that some some of them they have like the little attic thing, don't they? Convert the attic. Um, and they're not well. There wasn't they there. They're not. Well, I can't remember what they're called. Chalets. <laughs> Extensions. Extensions. Anyway, these curtains they were made from a material used exclusively by the Department of Environment Property Services Agency and were used to protect high security buildings. Uh, what? Had they been inside of the building then? No. Oh, well, how did they know such detail about the curtains? Mr. Verney used binoculars to spy on the house. He sounds just a little bit paranoid. There's no doubt about it. He was actually confronted by the lady of the house and she mentioned that they bred Dobermans. Subtle. I thought that, yes. yes. We bred Dobermans, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) All seven of them. (laughs) So, Mr. Verney started keeping... So, your Doberman (laughs) Gone to it again. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. We could see the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know Link to a picture of my face doing an open <laughs> impression. Or will it? Or will it? Mr. Verney started keeping a dog. Log. Oh. Mr. <laughs> 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 Mr. Verney started keeping a log and started seeing lights in and around the house, including horseshoe-shaped lit-up objects 
crossing the sky, which Mr. Verney likened to flying tiaras. Gosh. Mr. Verney was convinced it was some sort of conspiracy, that they were the victim in some sort of government experiment. Similar, you see? Yeah, so was he the only one to think this? Was Mrs. Verney like looking at him askew? <laughs> or could other people <clears throat> hear the, the hum and, and the vibrations and see things as well? Well, that was the odd thing, because whenever someone else was there or was invited round to hear and feel the hum and the vibrations, it was, in inverted commas, dialed down. So who came round then? <clears throat> well, there was the police. Yes. The council who made one fleeting visit. Not surprised. Yeah, and even one private noise and vibration specialist. Every time the noise vibration, the noise and vibration was either very low or non-existent. That must have driven him mad. Yes, indeed. So by this stage, the couple's health had deteriorated badly. They did not sleep at night as the noises, the vibrations and strange lights continued day after day. They claimed that they were sapped by an electric beam around three o'clock one January morning. This happened again two weeks later, and he also witnessed a UFO flying under a cloud. Lights flashing. So wh- why didn't they leave? Wh- why don't they ever leave? They never <laughs> leave. Well, I suppose if, you, if it's your property, it's a bit of a thing to leave, but I'd have left. Yeah, they, they did leave, actually. Yeah, so <laughs> did anything follow These ones them? took your advice, yes. even though your advice is yes. many years later. Leave! <laughs> no, so did anything follow them to their new house? And what about the people who moved into the cottage, because they must have sold it? Did they experience yeah, you know, well, anything? Well, nothing particularly followed them in, in quite that way. However, um, he did get a fair amount of harassment via interference with the telephone, the mail, and also the odd break-in. Gosh! Mr Varney had already written to the Deputy Prime Minister by this stage, as well as other people of, and I quote, officialdom. He recited a letter from the Ministry of Defence denying any MOD involvement and suggesting no, that... They- he received a letter, otherwise it makes no sense. <laughs> He just got up one day. <laughs> Let me oh, recite <laughs> this letter for you. No, that makes no sense. <laughs> he received a letter. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, dear. He received a letter from the Ministry of Defence denying any MOD involvement and suggesting that the issues he had and were having were due to, and I quote once more, the activities of criminal elements in the area, which was a matter for the civil police and not the military. After some hassling, Mr. Verney received a visit from an Inspector Watkins. Now, this is very interesting. Oh, yes. Why is that? Because during the visit, Mr. Verney played recordings of the noises and vibrations that they used to have at the cottage. And apparently, the inspector was horrified. And when Mr. Verney asked the inspector for his opinion of what had gone on, the inspector said this, that he attributed the Verney's ordeal of the activities of an organisation over which the Kent police had no jurisdiction. What? The inspector actually said that? That almost admits it was kind of some sort of conspiracy, well, doesn't yeah. it? Well, yes, but he definitely was a, a paranoid loon. Well, Mr. the inspector or Mr. Varney? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I didn't make that clear. Yeah, so Mr. Varney was definitely a, a paranoid loon. Because yes. uh, he wrote to uh, Lady Thatcher in the 1990s, blaming her for his woes. Yes. Uh, she was the Prime Minister when all this kerfuffle in the cottage was going on. And he demanded compensation from her of £4 million. What? 
Yes, the letter to Lady Thatcher stated that he had had electronic experts check his flat and also the the nursing home of his wife and that it was in an electromagnetic field with the beams entering the nursing home and going round her bedroom. His wife had passed away oh dear. Um, before he'd, sta- he'd written that letter. Oh dear, it sounds like the grief made the situation a lot worse. What about the subsequent owners of the cottage? Well, the only problems they encountered were UFO researchers hanging around in the woods. <laughs> no, that's presumably because of Mr. Verney. Yes. That'd be annoying if you're not into that sort of thing. So what other spooky goings-on are there in woods? Well, just up the road from the cottage in Kent towards London is a forest called Langdon Hills Country Park, which is the site of a very haunted well called Cash's Well. A haunted well in a forest? Oh, lovely. So who's cash? Or does it dispense cash? <laughs> Is that how it's haunted? It gives ghost money. <laughs> yes. Well, no, actually. Um, so although that would be a fine thing. Yes. And Unless it was ghost money that you'd sort of handed over and it disappeared. disappeared oh, yeah. no. no. Cash is indeed a who rather than a what. He was an entrepreneur of the early 20th century who sank wells in the forest as the water was believed to have medicinal qualities. Mm. He sank five wells, and the haunted well is the fifth and the most elaborate. It's a beautiful Georgian classical domed temple-like building housing the well. However, Cash's businesses would soon falter, and the building has had nearly 100 years of decay along with the growth of the dense forest around it. Oh, it sounds like one of the grim tales, a bit like Sleeping Beauty, but with a well, a sleeping well. Oh, yes. I'm not sure it could be woken up with a kiss, though. No, it'd be a wet one. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Sorry. Today, it is haunted by Cash's ghost who hates anyone being there and will push them out the door or try to push them into the well. Oh, no. People have experienced two types of possession there, where they find limbs doing their own thing and they are unable to control it or stop it. What, their own limbs? Yeah, so their arms will go up. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's not great, is it? A bit weird. Uh, Also, people are taken over by mood swings. So, for example, where people suddenly burst into tears for no reason. Mind you, I didn't do that. Uh, I don't need to be possessed for that one. No, you don't. I can just cry at the slightest emotional advert. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, they found themselves in an incredible rage for for no reason. Again. Again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that one. You're now going to say it's possession, aren't you? I am. (laughs) Also, taken over by an absolute panic and have to want and want to run away yeah yep. there we go yeah. <laughs> so that's three for three <laughs> okay so that's possession on them so we've got ghosts flicking with the, uh, the lights in the house and yes, i'm possessed yes. right okay so what a sunday this is turning out to be <laughs> yes however more seriously some witnesses have not felt in control. One man, apparently the kindest, nicest man you could meet, became very aggressive while oh. at the well. He was taken away and talked down until he returned and was calm and gentle once more. Oh dear. And once back, he said how he felt not in control or in his own mind. Oh. How he just wanted to kill everybody. Gosh. Yeah, that is a bit worrying. So can you just wander up into this place or? Yeah, so you you can. Um, You can also book a tour with the Essex Ghost Hunters group who will give you with a full spooky experience. So there we go. The end of part one of another spooky tale. I'm looking forward to part two already. 
We hope you enjoyed this spooky tale. We look forward to joining you again next time for part two. So please do tell us your spooky tales either in YouTube comments or via email, which is thespookytalespodcast at gmail.com. And come and follow us on Instagram at the Spooky Tales Podcast. Or why not visit us on our Facebook page at Spooky Tales. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be wonderful if you could leave us a review. It helps those other people that might enjoy it find us. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Until next time. Bye. Bye.